two, one. Yo, what is up, guys? <laughs> Welcome back to the Mushu Boys podcast with your co-hosts Menelik and Ewell. We have a nice podcast lineup for you today. Uh, we have Keely from Seattle, and Ewell is going to let you guys know a little more. Uh, yes, Keely is the godmother of photography, a super cool person from Seattle. We are stoked to have her on today's podcast. Let's roll that intro, baby. So, quick coronavirus update. I what if we had like the Tory Lanez? Cool, like coronavirus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if we get it, cool. uh, yeah, no, 6.8 million cases. Coronavirus. 398,000 deaths, almost 400,000. 3.3 million recovered. Um, I heard that New York had another had a day of just like no death today. So that's what I heard from somebody. That's uh, good. I don't know. It seems like things are light, lightening up a little bit, at least where I am. Ooh. I don't know about you guys, but uh seattle's kind of lacking right now oh really not doing so hot yeah we um went from stage one to stage 1.5 not even stage two so oh man rip yeah it's not cute out here i feel like washington (laughs) was one of the first states to get the coronavirus right like in the very beginning yeah yeah, besides New York, it was literally us. So, oh, yeah, I think we had like the worst case rate besides New York at the beginning. Right now, I'm not quite sure where it's at um, because I haven't really been in town. I've been kicking it in Idaho. Ooh. But, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel um, like you go to Idaho a lot. What, what's in Idaho? I do. What's in Idaho? Um, so I go to Sun Valley, which is like a pretty big ski area, like a lot of Olympic, like medalists, I guess, um, train there. So it's a huge ski town. Um, I myself can't say I'm that fire at skiing. Um, I'm pretty average, but we go there in the winter to ski in the summer. It's pretty hot. So we just like Go to the lake, go to the pool, tan. Well, I don't tan. I burn, so I stay the same. But, uh, you know, it's it's nice to get some sun, get an occasional burn. Yeah. I'm rocking a sunburn headband right now. It's very sexy, I would say. Ooh. It's really what, what cute. What is a sunburn headband? Um, like, I put sunscreen all over my entire face, except for this strip right before my hairline. So it, it looks kind of like a headband <laughs> and it's pretty ugly. So, um, you know, I put a lot of aloe on it. It's peeling right now. It's just kind of a hot mess. That's <laughs> I love how you're just able to own that though. Like most people would be like, mm, I don't have anything. Yeah. You know, been living it with being like the whitest person on the planet my entire life so you just gotta own the sunburns you get and it's gonna peel i just gotta you know deal with the fact that i look like i have heavy dandruff right now you know it's okay (laughs) (laughs) that's sick yeah well how's it looking over there like how i don't know what do you guys like are you in a phase besides phase one or what um i don't know what the number phases are but they're, they're telling us that we're entering the green phase which might be the the second phase well let me, mm-hmm. let me look it up um uh for me uh i'm, I'm in delaware I don't okay know if you're, but uh um it's like you know restaurants opening up at like around half capacity and um, some retail stores opening up and since we have a lot of beaches here, yeah. the beaches are opening up and I mean, a lot of people are doing, um, oh wait, I don't know what, uh, are you like a, are you, what grade are you in school? I'm are a you? senior. Okay. Nice. Nice. So yeah, a lot of people are doing like senior week at the beaches. Yep. Um, yeah. do you guys I mean, have that? For the most- um, well, so 
it kind of depends on the high school because um basically all of the public schools have already done their like quote-unquote graduation thing um which was basically just like a bunch of people or not a bunch of people the seniors pulled up to high school and got handed their diplomas and stuff and then everybody took pictures um and we did that too but we didn't call it graduation we're supposed to have a real ceremony in august but i don't know if that's actually going to happen or not um I don't know. There, there haven't been a lot of like virtual graduations or anything over here. Yeah. Wow. It, it, I'm in the same situation. Like, um, we had like our fake graduation, which was like a, a weird online one, and then they told us we were gonna have our real one in June. I mean, not June, but July. So, mm-hmm. But I think M- Millie just had his like real graduation. Oh, you did? How did that go? What was it like? I mean, it was kind of, it's kind of the concept of what Ewa was saying, but uh, it was like a virtual, I mean, like we're, I go to like a religious uh, school. So oh, like first one day, one, one day was, yeah, one day was like a, like a mass mm-hmm. um, ceremony thing. And then the day after was like the actual commencement, um, like a live video thing. And there was, uh, you know, readings and, you know, you get your names called out and different awards and stuff. Um, but like we actually like got our diplomas and, uh, dressed up and stuff but we nice we actually we have like our, our school takes a pretty like the graduation is, is a pretty big tradition right so i mean li- you know like later in the year or something we'll probably actually have it in person but we'll see yeah that's nice that you got to have that at least already i mean the only thing we did was we got our caps and gowns in the yearbook and that was literally it so <laughs> i mean i guess we'll see we we still haven't got any yearbooks so you're, you're one step ahead of us at least dang yeah we like our yearbook team was like pushing to get it done before um i don't know i guess before they handed out the caps and gowns and i honestly could not tell you what the yearbook looks like because i haven't taken a look at it yet but we like obviously we didn't have any like spring sports or stuff like that. So I'm guessing it looks pretty empty. Did you guys like both of your schools do anything about that? Because I know like a third of the yearbook is about spring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know about middle Lake, but my school really hasn't done anything really. <laughs> I'm assuming we'll probably have like, uh, Picture. Sometimes we have pictures from like last year or something. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just gonna grab it from last year. I don't know. I don't. There's like one. Yeah, I don't even know. There's like one kid who's just like photoshopping. (laughs) Everyone's like pictures from last year to this year. Oh my god, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know why I asked you guys. I was just assuming you guys were on yearbook, which makes no sense. Like because. Why would I assume that? I guess I just did because I am, but, um, I, oh, you're like working on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like uh, the uh, head uh, of <laughs> the photography staff or whatever on your book. So I usually know what's going Ooh. on, but do you like go to events to take pictures at the like sports games? Or yeah. Something? Yeah. I usually go to like two ish events a week, um, to take photos. Cause I think if I did more than that, it would be overwhelming. And we have like, I think six photographers on staff, so it's pretty easy to get people to go to stuff. Um, but yeah, I just go to events, take pictures, edit them, boss people around, tell them to go to events. <laughs> pretty much uh, it. So how did you how did you start like doing this? How did you get to where you are now? Like in the okay yeah yeah go no, ahead. no no go ahead go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, so I actually got kind of a random start because in eighth grade, um, for my birthday, my grandpa gave me this like old D200, which is a good starter camera, I guess, but you can't really take it indoors and take good photos. Um, so I took a lot of like nature photography. Um, and then when I like got into high school, um, in freshman year, they like, put out an application for all the people who want to be on yearbook and that's the only way you can get into yearbook because the way it works at the high school I went to um you have to be on yearbook for 
sophomore, junior, and senior year, and your application in freshman year just is an application. You don't actually do anything on yearbook. Um, so it's like a three-year commitment, but freshman year, I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool if I was on like photography just to get better. So I like made an application and then I realized I needed actual sports photos and I'd literally never taken sports photography in my life. So, um, and I was on the tennis team at the time. So I was just like, all right, I guess I'll just go to practice and take pictures while I'm not playing. Um, and I brought those to my interview and I was like, here's what I got. Like I just started sports photography, do with that what you will. Um, and I guess it was good enough because I got on. Um, and I originally got on as like, what's, a freelancer that's what we call it um which is basically just like part-time you only get called in when they like need extra people to take photos um but instead of doing it like you know where they would call me in i signed up for events twice a week because i wanted to get better and i did that for all of sophomore year um so at the end of sophomore year i was like i'd improved a lot and i was pretty good at sports photography by then so they were like all right, we can bring you on full-time staff because like you actually care, you're going to events, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I got on full-time staff and they also asked me to be an editor. So I was an editor in junior year. Um, and that's when I was like, not quite the head. I guess I would say, I, I don't know what I would have called it because there was like, one other senior on staff so I couldn't technically be the head but um in theory I was because I basically ran the team um and then this year I was officially the head because I was a senior um so yeah I basically just got started because my grandpa gave me a camera and then I just went out of my way to go to events so I could work my way up to full-time staff and then I got to be editor so shout out to grandpa wow okay Shout out grandpa for real. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that D200. <laughs> it goes a long way. It does. That's crazy. So it, by your like junior year or sophomore year, you were like taking pictures and editing them at the same time. Yeah. It's like way more work than you would think it would yeah, be because I was, I was the events that you go to, yeah, they're like, on average, you have to be at the actual event for two hours. Um, so you're taking pictures pretty much the entire time. Like in reality, you don't have to go for the full game. I just like to, to make sure I get like the max number of good pictures possible, you know, cause sometimes the editors want a specific person in a photo or whatever. And you have to be able to whip out photos of like every single team member and specific shots. So it's kind of just nice to be there the entire time. But, um, with going to like two events a week and then editing them, editing is literally the death of me. It takes so long. Yeah. That's, that's, it just takes so long. It takes probably like, I don't know, two to three hours per game to edit all the photos. You have to go through. And and I feel like, like that's all quick that. for the amount of photos you're taking in a two hour game or whatever. That's true. I mean, since I've been doing it for a while, I kind of have an eye for like what the editors or the people who like, you know, put the book together are looking for. Um, so I guess that makes it a little bit easier on my part. And it's pretty easy to weed out the like bad photos. Um, I definitely like took way longer to edit photos when I first started. I think I spent like six hours per game when I first started, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You're, I wonder what your guys' yearbook pictures look like. I feel like it's, after hearing this, I feel like it's like it's so, so professional. And like, oh, was- let me tell you that the, the yearbook is like Prep's grandchild. That's where I go, uh, Seattle Prep. But um, literally, the yearbook is a huge thing at Prep for whatever reason. So I don't know. The, the advisor always flexing about um, the fact that we get in the gallery of excellence of yearbooks. I really don't know what that means, but we get the award every year. So I guess we're doing something right. Um, So in addition to, you know, taking pictures for the yearbook, what other, I'm assuming you take pictures, you know, just for fun by yourself. Mm -hmm. What what, what other things do you do? 
with that? Um, okay. Well, this year I, I took AP studio art. So Ooh, um, okay. before that I was taking like, yeah, I was taking mostly sports photography because of yearbook, but I had to kind of like expand my horizons this year. Um, so I did a lot of portraiture, which is like not usual for me. Um, so I kind of had to learn or use the stuff that I learned at Oxford actually with E, you know, mm. in photography class. Yeah, I had to use some of those skills that I learned. Um, so I did a lot of portraiture. And then I also had to learn a lot about like landscape photography um, because the basis of my portfolio was like surrealism. And I had to combine a lot of layers of photos together to like achieve the purpose, I guess, of every piece. So that I would say those are like the two those are like the two other kinds of photography you can do, but like, that's what I've been doing recently. So I haven't been doing as much yearbook stuff. That's really interesting that you were doing like surrealism pieces. So were you trying to like yeah. imitate um, artists like um, Dai Lee? That's, that's how you say Dolly? Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I love Dolly. I think he's like, his work is so interesting. So definitely Dolly was an influence. Um, a lot of my stuff kind of, I did this unintentionally at first and then I just decided to go with it. But uh, a lot of my pieces are kind of creepy to look at. Like I get uncomfortable looking at my work. <laughs> I don't know why I just get uncomfortable looking at it. And my art teacher said that it made them uncomfortable as well. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll go with that. Um, <laughs> So a lot of it is trying to imitate, I guess, a, you know, like an uncomfortable surrealist environment, you know, like one of the things I would say that was most similar to Dolly was this um, piece I did where I, my friend and her boyfriend posed for me. So it was a, it was a piece of portraiture, but um, I just used like a liquify tool on Photoshop to make it look like they were melting. Mm, so Interesting. Yeah. So are you, I don't know. Is, is most of your work in like, does it come? Wait, before we talk about that, how, how did you mm -hmm. learn how to edit and like take good photos? Like, are you learning through the experience or did you have like a mentor that was like guiding you through your. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I would say I learned most of it on my own. At the beginning, when I first joined yearbook, they gave us a few tips like, oh, this is what aperture is, and this is what ISO is, and this is what your shutter speed means. But it was pretty like basic information just so we could all learn how to take photos on manual. Um, I would say I learned like most of the stylistic choices and how to take good photos just through my own research, like taking inspiration and then I guess going out into the field and just trying whatever and see what came out best. Uh, I definitely think experience is like the biggest thing. Like no matter what somebody will tell you, it's, it's just so much better to go out and try a bunch of different things and see what you like and see what looks good to you. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for not explaining this earlier, but uh, Keely, would you mind explaining surrealism to anyone who isn't like aware of what it is? Ah, uh, yes. That is actually... No, that's on me, too. I can't believe I didn't even explain that. Um, I guess uh, I'll give it a shot off the top of my head. Um, so, I guess to me, surrealism is creating any image that... <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a photo that's, like, hyper-realistic. I guess it's a photo that could be possible in, I don't know, another time frame or dimension. I, I would think, I think that's how I would describe it. Let me look it up just to make sure I'm not going off the rails over here. Um, how would you describe your, your personal surrealist art? Oh, that's better. Yeah. Um, I would say personally, my surrealist art is. <sighs> Like, do you have you to, like, know, use your mind and, like, kind of go with what, what, with what's formulated in there? And right. Keely's surrealism yeah. is, like, her unconscious mind awoken. 
Yes, yes, like that definitely. It's it's like, for me, surrealism is like, obviously the uncomfortable feeling because that's just always there. But um, creating things that when you look at them seem almost real when you're looking at them because they're, I guess, first of all, they're put together well. But second of all, it's like, again, that environment that could be possible, though it isn't possible in like the world we're in now, I guess. It's just something that feels like pretty, I don't know, I guess possible. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's not easy to explain, but that I, and putting it in words, it's not a bad way of saying it. But uh, thank you. Uh, to make it more tangible, oh. maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know if you guys know Ray Bradbury, but he wrote Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. A lot of his work mm-hmm. is considered to be surrealism because he described it as not as as not as dystopian fiction but more as like what he thought the world could be eventually. So that's why. Yeah, that's that's a good description. And the, when I looked it up, it says that it's uh, releases the creative potential of the unconscious mind. So I feel like that's definitely part of it as well. Oh yeah, for sure. It's interesting. It's like a really interesting um, art piece. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Wow, I literally can't believe I just struggled to explain that when I spent a year on a portfolio oh doing that. It's just complicated. <laughs> that probably that probably speaks a lot to it, though. That it's it does. Oh, yeah, there you go. it's not as um, intuitive as some people would think, probably. Yeah, definitely not, especially because, like, depending on your style of art, it means something different to each person. So, does most of mm-hmm. your work? go into like the camera work when you're actually taking the shots or is it more of like the after effects when you're editing these photos like are you editing them or are you like photoshopping them like how are you making them like the the okay okay good question um so i would say like in yearbook definitely pretty much all of it is like the actual photo being taken it's not a lot of editing work but because my like focus for my pro portfolio in AP studio art was surrealism. A lot of the work came from Photoshop. So I would say it was like 50, 50 between the actual photography and the Photoshop, because obviously you have to work off of like a good quality photo. That's like nice to look at and isn't bad. Um, but I spent a lot of time working in Photoshop with it. Like you, you can definitely like looking at the photos, like it's pretty obvious that I like put together two or three different photos and merged them um, just because it is surrealist, I guess. Like it's, it's just a lot of subjects in like unusual environments. That's interesting. But um, I feel like surrealism, not uh, I mean, not majority of the time, but at sometimes it's supposed to be like almost strange or different. So maybe, right. So maybe uh, you making your art teacher or your photography teacher uncomfortable. It's like part of the <laughs> art. Right. No, it definitely is. Cause I think for sure, like surrealism, definitely. I always feel uncomfortable, like looking at surrealist pieces, whether that's like Dolly or myself, I guess that's, I feel like that is the vibe that you do get from surrealist pieces yeah yeah for sure so um so for people just like barely understanding um art history or just art in general how how would you um advise them to look more or explore more art (laughs) okay um so a lot of like the inspiration that i got or I guess research that I did into surrealism before I started like shooting and building my portfolio, I actually did on the MoMA online website because they have um, basically all of the artwork that they have in the actual museum is online um, and you can look at it there. 
so I did a lot of like my artist research, which was just this like requirement we had to do to like research more into, I guess, what subject area we wanted to make art in. Um, I did a lot of that on the MoMA website. That was really helpful to me because they also provide like descriptions of when the art piece was created and what uh, time frame, I guess. MoMA's um, the uh, modern, modern, or the, like, what was that? Museum of Modern Art? Is that what it Yes, is? Museum of Modern oh, Art. Cool. Um, it's a really cool museum. Like, if, if you have the chance to go, obviously go. But, you know, not everybody lives near the MoMA, so... Um, I guess I would say another thing, I don't know, because I've been into art for like my entire life. Like my, I think it was my 10 year old birthday party was literally a Matisse birthday party. Like, like <laughs> an artist's birthday party, like nerd alert, first of all. Wow, that's dope. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know who let me do that, but I did it. So no, but like, some, wait, what did that? What does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. What does a Matisse themed birthday party look like? Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you. Um, in my nuts. Basically, so um, I guess I'll just describe like Matisse's work really quick in case anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about. But Matisse mostly did um, like paper cutouts. Um, a lot of like nature type vibes i would say just because a lot of the cutouts looked like leaves that's what stands out the most to me but um basically what i did for my birthday party was i did cutouts of myself so i like laid down on these big pieces of colored paper and my mom like traced around me and then cut them out so they were like oh matisse cutouts um and then i know that the cake was like a painting or not painting um uh a cutout work, I guess, of his that my mom made. She's pretty good at baking cakes. Oh, wow. Um, That's impressive. Yeah, That's like an art she, in Yeah, it is. I could never. <laughs> but um, besides that, what I I know I for a fact I got a lot of Matisse-themed gifts. Oh, um, this is such a cool birthday party. What the heck? It she was like, kind yeah. of like bougie and antiquated for like a 10 year old. Like I'm she really surprised. Authentic, authentic Matisse uh, piece of art. Exactly. Has. Yeah. It's, I, I have a ton of photos of the actual birthday party. Um, but besides that, I can't remember what else was like, we must've done some sort of like art craft where you like cut out, do cutouts like Matisse. Cause there's no way we didn't do that. But it was, you know, a whole eight years ago. So my memory, not so hot for that birthday party. Yeah, that's, that's, that's dope. So would you say like you being exposed to, you know, all different types of art at a young age has, has really inspired you as you've gotten older? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Like my parents are big time into art. Like, um, they're like very particular about like what art pieces go up in our house and stuff like that. Um, so I think like their influence, like being like, you know, let's go to an art museum. Let's do, let's, you know, paint or whatever, um, was definitely an influence because, um, I'm majoring in graphic design. That's art. So definitely for sure. Interesting. Wait, and so are, are you, are your parents, by any chance, artists in their own respects, or just well, like to embrace it, or kind of. My dad definitely not terrible artist. Um, <laughs> yeah. My mom, my mom also did AP Studio Art in high school and um, did some art stuff in college. So I would say she's like, like kind of an artist, not like you know, racking out paintings to sell or anything. But she's decent at art. Interesting. Nice. Wait, uh, can we just backtrack for a second? You guys do like family art together. Like you guys, you guys like paint at at the same time, like in the same room. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. I I I'm not the best at painting. Painting is definitely not my forte. But um, my mom's really good at it. And sometimes we just do it to clown on each other. Like um, <laughs> roasting my dad is pretty fun. I. 
have a good time doing that. So, you know, we go to a lot of museums together as well. Like literally anytime we go on vacation, my parents are like, museum, we're going to a museum. So museum. yeah, that's dope though. Did they, buy, did they by any chance meet in the museum? <laughs> That's a good oh, question. I wish. That would have been good. No, they met like lames at college. So, uh, But in art <laughs> class. That would have been so good if they met at art in class. The art I studio. wish. No. Uh, they're painting each other. It's <laughs> <laughs> out of like a Leo DiCaprio movie. For real. Oh, man. Can you imagine? I, I think I would never tell anyone if that's how my parents met. <laughs> that's so goofy. Oh, my God. So, um, so I mean, you. I guess your main thing is photography, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess you, all, but you also do dabble in, uh, you know, actual, actual painting and... Um, Things like that. So, so what is it about graphic design that you would like, you know, I guess are going into college, uh, thinking about studying? Right. Um, well, so I actually wasn't even thinking about doing anything artistic in college. Um, but the reason I chose graphic design was because of the studio art class I took this year. Um, I learned like pretty much everything about Photoshop, which is really nice because that platform is like so difficult to navigate if you don't know what you're doing. So I was like lucky to learn about that. Oh yeah. Um, I can attest to so that think, as well. Photoshop. Yeah. Oh my God. He knows. He knows Photoshop is terrible to deal with. Yeah. So Instagram filter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's like some of my friends that's like they're like i'm buying photoshop so i can edit my instagram and i'm like you did you will not know how to use photoshop that is a waste of your money um but yeah i I definitely think uh the combination of like photography and photoshop this year like pushed me towards graphic design because i just like digital art better uh i think i'm better at it and i kind of saw like what i was doing this year blending into graphic design um just because I want to hopefully go into some sort of like marketing type job uh, where I get to like, you know, design logos or ads or stuff like that. Because I think that'd be a good way to incorporate business and art. Yeah. So would you classify yourself as like an entrepreneur almost? Oh, Ooh, I wish I could call myself an entrepreneur. Um <laughs> I mean, maybe in the future I'll be able to, but I don't think I have like the business platform for that right now. Right, I'm, but, but you have also business aspirations. In yes. The, maybe in yeah. a general sense. Yeah. Yeah. My dad is in real estate, so he would love it if I got involved in business. And I think it's interesting. So, you know, why not? Ooh. You could you could start designing his logos. He actually, I've designed logos for him before, believe it or oh, not. So you already um, started. So it's already. Yeah, I, I, I got a head start. <laughs> I, I'm, I, we had um, another artist on the show before, and he gave us a pretty interesting definition of what he thought art was. And I feel like mm-hmm. you could give us a pretty interesting perspective as well, because you guys are so unique from each other. So how would you personally define um, art? oh my god that is like the question of all time okay um yeah well what if what if you gave her his definition so she has like a oh yeah yeah i like that that'd be really great but uh oh i have to go and find it yeah it's cool if you don't have it we wrote it down because we were like ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> So we had someone on, on um, a couple episodes past. His name's Diego. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you could hit him up, <laughs> but uh, no, he 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 does a lot with visual art oh, cool. um, and cognitive science, and uh, just the way I, I the eye the human eye perceives. That's really and, cool. Oh, okay. So his sounds similar. So I got his definition. I just I remembered it for some reason. So his definition of art was art is the way that we interpret the world. 
Oh, that? that's that's good. Yeah, I think I I, I would def- definitely agree. With I may that. be dumbing it down a bit. Those may not be the exact words, but I believe that was like the essence. <laughs> He's listening to this like pumping his fist in the air. <laughs> <laughs> you got it wrong. Why you do me like that? Oh yeah, I'm so um, I messed it up, but I believe that's what it was. <laughs> I feel like I've heard some version of that said to me before, probably not specifically what he said. Um, but I would definitely agree with that because like, to me, I guess art is like giving people insight into like how you personally view the world. You know, it's, it's kind of like the window, not into your soul. Cause that's a little bit, well, that sounds too deep, but I guess that's the way I, the best way to describe it. It's kind of in, it's like you get to live in somebody else's shoes and see the world the way that they see it in like a beautiful, creative way. Ooh, I like that. So art, art is like a medium or perspective of looking at other people's lives almost, or like how they view yes. the world. Yes, I, I. That's exactly what it is. Wow, that's that's deep. That's deep. We're getting deep on you. <laughs> exactly. I love how some people just think art's just like, oh, uh, it's just like loosey goosey, crazy BS. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I, I kind of get how some people can think that because sometimes I look at a piece of art and I'm like, I could do that. That's just paint splatters. I don't know what you're talking about. You know. But like people, you know, there's a lot of art that's like way deeper than you would think. And there's a lot of like time and effort and thought put into like how they want the audience to perceive it. It's actually pretty difficult to like get the audience to perceive it the way you initially intended them to, you know, because everybody has a different interpretation and everybody sees your life differently. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if... um because I mean, the, the, I, I guess when when people present their art, whatever format it is, uh, you know, it's intended to uh, bring out an emotion or understanding um, from the from the viewer. And so I'm I'm trying to think like, do you think it's possible that you could get somebody to like like emotionally uh, maybe like like cry or something from like uh, like a photograph like a, like the art you do or like what what would I'm trying to think like what would they um what kind of emotions maybe would you be eliciting from them? Um I definitely feel like maybe not for me, but for other artists, like if their pieces hit home with a person and reminded them of like a pastime or something that they were really connected with, they could definitely cry. I think that's totally possible. I would okay. say personally my stuff probably doesn't evoke the feeling of wanting to cry. Um, I think with my pieces, I'm trying to create a space that feels so, again, like what I was talking about earlier, feels like so possible that it's uncomfortable because it is possible. Like a lot of my pieces, I look at them and I'm like, sure, that's a picture of the Taj with a bunch of giant bees flying around it. But like the fact that that could actually happen that's what makes it uncomfortable. And I guess that's what I'm trying to achieve is the fact that like, it's so possible that it, it stresses you out to think about the fact that that could happen. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but um, wait, adding on to that. Yeah. I feel like there's this, this weird conception or misconception actually that like art or photography is is somewhat easy and because it's so ambiguous and so interpretive that like you know you can take a picture of a pen and be like oh this represents you know x but then another person may mm-hmm. not see it that way and um i feel like with photography that that's that's an easy assumption to make where oh you're just taking like pictures of people like it's 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 a lot easier than it seems but you being a photographer, you know how how difficult it can be and what uh, like what the process is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, E knows as well because he's into photography too. But um, 
I think photography specifically gets dismissed as easy because, you know, like in theory, all you have to do is point the camera and push a button. But um, I think in like what we were talking about earlier, like achieving a specific feeling from an audience, that's what makes photography difficult. Um, because, you know, getting a specific angle and perspective with the camera like to get it to be effective is actually really difficult. Um, there's, I think the real like talent in photography, I guess, is being able to find that like angle and perspective of the photo that will elicit that emotion that you're targeting. Um, like the photos that E got in that newspaper art article the other day um, at the protests, like. For me, like the way that the camera was set up and angled and captured the photo, I think that's what made the photo so interesting um, and like elicited such like sadness and anger in me when I looked at them. So I think for sure, like you don't have to be talented to like take a regular iPhone photo of like your girls hanging out or whatever, but in order to like capture an event, you know, and capture the emotion that was there at the event, that's where the talent's at. Yeah. And I think, um, all right, this is my personal opinion, but maybe, maybe I might be wrong, but like, you don't have to have like the best camera or you can even have like a Canon 200D that you started with. And it's right. all about like the perspective of the photo that you're taking. It's not always, a thousand percent. It's not always, yeah, about the quality. Never. It's literally never about the quality. Um, like the D two hundred again, fine camera, but uh, like not the best. Um, but like, you know, if you put the work in to get the correct, per like the perspective you're looking for and stuff, like you could literally have any camera and any lens on the planet and still achieve a great photo. <laughs> uh, Keely is the. Is that uh, the disposable camera making a comeback? Oh, um, I would say like yes, for sure. I kind of love disposable cameras. I think they're like really fun to play with, and it's like you know, it's a type of film camera. It's a different kind of photography. It's kind of fun to play around with. Um, I love disposable cameras, so I, I can't say that they're not coming back. They're just you never know what you're going to get, you know? Like, you take a photo and you're like, well, that may be crap or it could be awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. you know? That, that's definitely part of the fun. Yeah, for sure. Like, that way it's similar to film because, like, you know, when you're with a film camera, you literally never know if the photos are going to come out good or not. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen uh, David Dobrik's disposable uh, Instagram? I was literally about I'm to not. Is that. it good? <laughs> you better throw that on. No, no, no. This is so good. <laughs> oh my then, gosh. Uh, Let me go look it's, at it right uh, now. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Do you, do you, do you watch David Obrick at all? Um, I was I, not very consistently, you know, maybe like once a week. Oh, I feel like that's pretty consistent. I mean, that's pretty good. That's, yeah. I mean, compared to the other YouTubers I watch, it's consistent. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, okay. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. This is. Is like 3.5 million followers yeah. in that account. But. I think David has really? he, he has a real influence on uh, the the disposable camera game at least. And he's taking some good Oh, comments. these are actually good. Yeah. What? You think like David the ones in Madison I don't think he takes all of these, but I, I think he definitely takes a majority. Yeah, this is good. I like this. You put me on this. I'm following. <laughs> yeah. Wait, there's an app too. What? Whoa! Oh, there is an app. Oh, there's a what app? <laughs> oh, what? What is the app? Doing? I did not know there was an app. We're all learning. Oh, that's cheating! It's not even a disposable camera. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I guess disposable cameras, like if you're getting a bunch of them, are kind of expensive. So that makes sense that there's an app. But yeah, I was about to say. Um, I was gonna buy one of the disposable film cameras. I forget what it's called, like the um, oh my, I, the Fuji. Yeah, film. like Fuji films. The Fuji film. And then my dad told yeah. me how much it costs to actually like buy the film and then develop it. It is absolutely ridiculous. 
Yeah, that's literally that I I bought a film camera for like 20 bucks at um like a I don't know, some like garage sale or something. And I've literally never used it because film and developing it is so expensive. Like I just don't have the money for that. So I totally feel that. Yeah. Not, it can't be that expensive. Oh, really oh expensive? bro. You're paying like I don't know, like 40 bucks for 5 minutes of footage. Yeah, it, it gets way up there. And especially like, I'm assuming E and I take photos both pretty consistently, right? E, I'm guessing you take um, photos pretty I would definitely not put myself often. on the same level as you, but uh, okay, no, okay. I'm very uh, intermediate, very beginner level. <laughs> I mean, you got to be better than beginner because those, the fucking, oh, I don't know if you're allowed to swear on here. My bad. Bleep that out. Um, <laughs> okay good i was literally like i have to watch my mouth this entire time <laughs> back to what i was talking <laughs> back to what i was talking about um yeah i mean i think he's a better photographer than he gives himself credit for so like anybody listening on here don't believe him but um i don't know i just film i don't know it's just way more i know like in theory a dslr camera costs a lot but adding up the amount of times you would have to like buy film and develop the photos it's just a lot especially if you're taking photos very consistently yeah but that's not to discourage anyone you know if you really want one go ahead oh yeah for but sure like no no the cost. definitely try not to discourage yeah. I won't cap on the film camera. The I love film cameras, just don't got the budget for that at the moment. <laughs> don't have a job, so yeah, no. So what what is in Kaylee's inventory? What cameras is or what camera lenses and cameras is she using? Oh shoot, you cut. Okay, uh, let me think. Uh, okay, so my the main body that I use now. Uh, pretty much every day is a Nikon D7200. Uh, and I got that two years ago, I think. Um, and that's like literally the second body I've ever had in my life. I had the D200 for like a year or two. And then I got the D7200. Um, in terms of lenses, I got to think because um, uh, that is, none of that stuff is with me right now um All right, give us like I a have, rough estimate on like the number. okay right uh so like the the lens that i used for yearbook sports photography the most is a 7200 um Ooh. just because it's really good for like football and stuff like that where you can't just get up close to the players you have to be like halfway across a field yeah. um so that's definitely one of the lenses I would have in my inventory if you're thinking about doing like sports related things. It makes it so helpful. It's also a pretty good like uh portrait shot lens to use. Um so I've had that one for like 4 years. I've had it for a really long time. Who who made the lens? Was it Canon? Uh no, it's Nikon. So everything all the Canon has the same lens though. Canon does. Yeah. But that that isn't a cheap lens. But I've heard it's like really fun to just like play around with. Not even for like. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. No, it it's definitely uh, expensive. I had to um, ask for that for my only Christmas present, but it was worth it because I use it all the freaking time. Um, it's it's a really nice lens. Um, and then I have two other lenses that I use really consistently. And I have like probably three other lenses that I don't use very much because they're not that good of quality They're, I, I think they're, yeah, no, they're just not good. But, um, one of the lenses I have, I think, what even is it? Uh, shoot. They're both portrait lenses or no, they're not. One is a portrait lens and then one is landscape. I think, Oh, that is such a good question. I literally like just got back to Seattle and I left my lenses in Idaho because I'm going back there. But, um, wow. You know, you really think, you know, your skills and then you don't even know what lenses you have. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Definitely the 7200 is like my 
favorite lens of all time. And if I could recommend one lens to anybody, it would be a 7200, a thousand percent. Yeah. I maybe for Malik and everybody else, we can clarify that the 70 to 200 is like the, the millimeter length. I, I'm, I know I'm not, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you should, you should tell them what it really is. Okay. I'll, I'll do my best. Um, so that's the millimeter length, which means that, uh, the range when you're shooting is 70 millimeters away from your lens or 200 millimeters away from your lens. So that's, uh, considered like, I, I guess I would call it like not telephoto because that's really up close, but it's, it's a zoom lens. It means that you can take photos of people up to 200 millimeters away. Um, which is pretty further for a lens. Like, again, I can stand at one end of a football field and shoot across it and get a photo. So it's definitely good for shooting things that you're going to be further away from. Uh, I don't think I would ever use it for anything like within 10 feet of myself, to be honest, because it, I don't know, it's not meant for that, but I guess that's that's how I describe it. It's pretty long lens. It's really heavy. Yeah, I was about to say it's pretty beefy too. <laughs> Keely, do you have any like final words? Anything you want to say to the listeners before we end? Um, any words of hope in this current? state of in this current time um let me oh gosh uh just don't even think about it just like (laughs) don't even think about it i'm just gonna go for it um don't be afraid to try new things i've been trying like a thousand new things and you know i'm getting crafty lots of diys um sure a lot of them have not come out how they looked online um but that's okay i'm trying new things um so I guess don't be afraid to try new things. Um, uh, keep in touch with your friends. That's kind of, for, for some reason, I'm just like, don't like FaceTiming people that much. So it's kind of hard for me to like FaceTime my friends. I don't, I don't know if that's just me. But I feel that vibe. Yeah, I don't know. I just m- much rather talk to a person to their face. So I, I hardly ever FaceTime people. Um, but I don't know. Just take up a new hobby, you know, try new stuff. It's like, who's going to see you fail? Literally no one but yourself. So might as well. Oh, I like nice. That. There you go. That might be like an intro segment. Actually, Thank you. Podcast. Nice editing. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, it was really an honor just having you on the podcast. 